But let's come before God in prayer, and then we're going to um, spend some time in the Word. Uh, loving God, we thank you for this opportunity to, to, to quieten our souls, really, and, and say, we're here, God, and we want to learn. God, uh, we're going Luke 11, okay, and we're going from verse 5. Just before this is the Lord's Prayer. Uh, which is a sermon in itself, and I was going to add it in, but I thought, no, Barry, you'll get distracted because it's an awesome prayer. Don't go there. Cut it out, and, uh, and we'll move forward. So we're going to go from verse 5. Uh, I might, my eyesight's going bad, so I might read it from up there. Uh, and then Jesus said to them, so this is after they've said, teach us how to pray, and Jesus says um, the Lord's Prayer. He says, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. So just imagine yourself, you've got a friend, right? You've got one? Just, if you don't have one, just imagine you've got one. So suppose you have a friend. Call him Larry. Or Jennifer. Why not? Larry or Jennifer? Hi, oh, Jennifer's here. Hi, Jennifer. Um, and suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight, which is a you know, pretty appropriate time to go to, to a friend's place, um, particularly when they went to bed at sunset in those days, which is even further away than people messaging me at midnight, and says, friend, because we don't want to call him Larry or Jennifer, lend me three loaves of bread, which is what you do at midnight. I have three loaves of bread. Thanks. A friend of mine on a journey has just come to me. I have no food to offer him. So he's in need. He wants to be a great host. And suppose the one inside answers, do not bother me. Jennifer, why are you saying this? Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in, uh, and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. So come with the knee, nick off, I'm asleep. And suppose, uh, the one is, uh, sorry, next slide. Um, I, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shame, shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Let me read that again, because I want that to sink in. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of your friendship, not because he loves you, not because he wants to, but yet because of your shameless audacity, because you have the guts to get there at midnight and knock on the door and ask, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For anyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. 
Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Or, if he asks for an egg, give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to him who asks? So tonight I want to talk about ask for anything and you'll receive it. Because the truth is you've asked for stuff and you haven't received it. And so we get to a point where we go, I'm not sure I believe it. Or we get to a point where we go, yeah, well, God's just God and God will do what God wants to do. So how do we make sense of this verse that basically says if you knock it will be answered, ask and you'll receive. He's saying in the, in the, in the concept of prayer and in the concept of the power of the Holy Spirit that we have a God who will give to us good things. Who will respond to our prayer. So how many people have prayed for stuff? And nothing's happened. We all have, haven't we? So how do we make sense of a verse like this? We start to rationalise it, don't we? We start to say in our head, well, maybe I don't deserve it. Or we say to ourselves, well, maybe I didn't ask in the right spirit. Maybe it was a selfish prayer. And so God doesn't respond to a selfish prayer. Maybe we said to ourselves, well, maybe God's not real at all because I prayed and nothing happened. So how do we make sense of a verse like this where Jesus is clearly saying that just out of the pure audacity of us coming before his throne, and, and asking for him to do something that God is likely to respond. Surely, not because of love and friendship will he get out of bed and give you the three loaves of bread. He'll get it just because you had the guts to knock at the door at midnight and ask for it. And so I want to I share a couple of things uh, that God's been teaching me and you can talk to me about stuff that you struggle about with this passage. How we make, uh, how I start to make sense of a passage like this is I think that we've got to take, Je first of all, we've got to take Jesus at his word, that, he, that God does want to answer our prayers. And I've been working through with the staff and the elders. If God wants to answer our prayers and we're not seeing them answered, what does that mean? So I was on an elders retreat on Saturday and I said, you know, I said to the elders, I said, um, tell me what you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants to do in this church. Just list it off. I could ask you that. Why don't I do that? What do you know without a shadow of a doubt that God wants to do in this church? No doubt in your mind. What do you want, what do you think he wants to do? 
He wants to remove in the lives of everyone. I agree. No shadow of a doubt in my mind either. Other people? Bring people to faith. He wants people to be saved. Yep. Other things that we know without a shadow of a doubt that God wants to do. He wants to be in a relationship with us. Yep. Other things? Any other ideas? Any other bold suggestions? Heal and restore? Yep. I think he wants to, he wants every church to grow. See people come into a relationship with him. So if we know without a, a shadow of a doubt that that's what God wants to do, why don't we see it happen? And if we know that God wants to answer his prayers, then why don't we see it happen? That's been my summer of pondering. Because I'm a minister and I do those sorts of things. But have you ever wondered why God, if God wants the world to be saved, why it seems so hard to share your faith with those around you? Have you under, ever wondered why if if God wants to move in your life when you come to him with, with a heart burst of something that you want him to do and that you believe he wants you to do yet it seems to struggle to do? Am I the only one who ponders these things? Maybe I'm. He's tired. Yep. Hmm. And I think it's both. I think it's both true and a bit of a cop-out. <laughs> and so we have in this passage the declaration, shameless audacity, because of people's shameless audacity. Now, I think sometimes God doesn't answer prayers because people are praying them. I think that um, people in our lives don't come from, to faith because we haven't asked God to move in their lives. Now, I know that there are people that we have prayed for to move in their lives and we're still seeing not much evidence of it. I'm not saying that. But I think that sometimes prayers aren't answered because simply prayers aren't prayed. I think... In my pondering, I think that we underestimate um, the work of the evil one in our in our world and in what we're doing. And so, um, so I'm just going to give you a, a brief rundown on on what I've been pondering on, and you can take it or leave it for what you want it to do. But as I've been pondering this whole un whole concept of why doesn't God answer prayers that I know that God wants to answer? It, it led me to uh, have an under, uh, a growing understanding that um, God does want to answer prayers, but there's got to be a reason why he's not. So, let me see how wise you are. What, is the what does the, the name Satan mean? Does anyone know? The accuser. 
Interesting, isn't it? And so in John 10.10, it says that the evil one is here to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his motif, kill, steal, and destroy. And so his name means accuser. So there's not uh, an evil being whose name's Satan. That's actually his job title. Does that make sense? So it's like saying lawyer. There's no one called lawyer, but everyone's called lawyer. Does that make sense? And, and so the accuser in Revelation says, it says the accuser stands before the throne of God day and night, giving an account against the saints. So in my pondering, I've been wondering, why doesn't God answer prayers? Why, if we are to seek and to find and to knock and the door will be opened to us, why isn't that happening? And so I wonder if, uh, for some reason, uh, we're not praying. Uh, For some reason, maybe the accuser is accusing us and nullifying our prayers. And maybe, um, maybe it's God's timing as well. And so when it comes to the work of Satan and the work of that, that can make people really uncomfortable and that's okay. And I don't want to get super spiritual. But what I want to say is is that if we know within our heart that God wants to answer a prayer, we know within our heart that this is in line with God's will, let's not give up praying. Let's not lose heart. See, I've got a a fundamental belief that every young adult who is a part of this church, God wants to bring back into relationship with him. All the young people that we have lost, that have drifted away, I've got a fundamental belief that God wants to deliver them. Now, I don't know why he's not, but I'm going to keep on praying for it. I'm going to have the audacity to knock on God's door at midnight and say, God, will you do this? But what I'm also going to do is say, God, is there a reason why this prayer is not being answered? Is there a reason for it not being able to be? If I know in my heart that you want to answer it, am I, is there a reason? And then I'm going to pray about that reason. Now, the reason might be that there is um, an event in the history that echoes through our young adults. I don't know. There could be words that are spoken that have somehow been given life. And, uh, and young people have placed that within them and said, well, if that's what people think, then I'm out of here. I don't know. But what I do know is that God wants to answer that prayer. And so I'm going to keep on praying and I'm going to keep on asking. And I guess my tenacity has come because I've learned that if God wants to do something, my job is to keep on asking for it until it happens. 
So I'm wondering you, in your life and what's going on in you, whether you've got someone in your life that you know that God wants in the kingdom of God and they're not yet there. I wonder if you've got a prayer on your heart that you know is from God and that you know that God wants to answer but it's just not being answered. I'm wondering if there is a situation that you want God to have victory in in your life and yet you cannot find it but yet you know that God wants you to be free and you know that you want to be free. And I'm wondering if you will enter in with me to the lesson of the knocking on the door. To keep on knocking. To have the audacity, even though God loves us and God wants to answer prayer, that's, that's, that's the whole thing with the snake and the scorpion and the bread and the egg. God's a good God who wants to answer our prayers. So to keep knocking, to keep seeking, keep asking. And, and I want to particularly hone in on the point to ask God why God has not yet answered the prayer. And, and, and just maybe God will say, you know what, it's not my timing. And then you go, okay, well I'm just going gonna, gonna to keep on pressing in until your timing's right. Maybe it might be, it might be you know what Barry, You've been judging people. And I can't hear your prayer because you're judging. And so I've got to repent of those things. And then I might see the prayer answered. Maybe there's sin in my life that, that I know that God's asked me to give up, but yet I just don't want to give up. And I'm not prepared to lay it down. I'm not prepared to sacrifice it and place it on the foot of the cross. And maybe I need to hear the voice of God saying, you know what, I haven't answered that prayer because of that. I don't know what it is. But I do know that there are times in our life where the Spirit of God asks us to do something and we don't. And the evil one uses it to stop our prayers being effective. So I want to encourage you to keep knocking. Keep seeking. Keep asking God to break through. Have the shameless audacity to knock and knock and knock. Because I believe that if we come with the heart that wants to knock and the heart that wants to question, that the door will be opened and we will receive and we will have victory. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, will you come right now in the glory of your name? And I pray for the heart bursts that were, are within us, Lord. Those prayers that we know that we're meant to pray. Prayers for those people that we know we want, you want in your kingdom. Lord, those mountains that need to be moved, 
And will you do something within our soul tonight, Lord, that gives us a, an audacity, a tenacity, a, a determination to keep knocking, to keep seeking, to keep asking. Because there is no other name but the name of Jesus. Nothing higher, nothing more powerful. So Lord, will you help us to be a people who don't just do prayer on the side and as a, as a nice kind of add-on to our day or to our week or to our month. But will you grow within us a passion to see that our prayers matter. And that you will use them to bring your kingdom to us. Lord, as we sing these songs, we just lay down any sin, any guilt, any frustration. And Lord, we just say, speak to us, encourage us, motivate us, Lord, to be a people of power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand with us as we sing like an avalanche.